It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Denver Nuggets. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Denver, Colorado. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It's Kreckman and Lindahl. Earlier today, Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio was asked if he has any revenge feelings for Sunday's game against the team he was previously head coach for, the Denver Broncos. Worked up in that stuff, you know, you just get twisted. You know, you just treat it like any other game, do the things you think you have to do to win schematically, and you go at it. Um, Those storylines, you know, are... They're juicy, but they're not as effective as you think they are. Well, that was nice. Very professional of Vic Fangio. But I'm going to pull out the translator bot 3000, and let's hear what Vic Fangio really said there. Translator bot 3000? Working. Translate the comments that we just heard from Vic Fangio. Working. It's personal. Thank you, translator bot 3000. I always knew I could count on you. Here's Nate Kreckman and Andy Lindahl. Thank you, Translator Bot. I don't know where we'd be without you, quite frankly. This show survives thanks to the productivity and contributions of the Translator Bot. I'm disappointed we didn't take advantage of that to go with Twisted from Keith Sweat. Let that be the musical accoutrement to is that. Th- is, that what, uh, is that what Translator Bot would be into? I do prefer Translator Bot uh, to Russian Bot and Porn Bot, I do have to say. Of all of, all of the bots that are out there, I power rank Translation Bot at number one. Working! <laughs> <laughs> I like when a tweet of mine from 2017 randomly pops up in my mentions and a porn bot likes it, though. That does make me feel good, as though somebody is just having a great day going through the history of some of my finest thoughts that I have ever written on the Internet before. Nice. I need Mark to translate the translator bot. What What is translator bot saying there? Working. It's letting you know that it's working. Give he's, it to me again. It's working. Working. <laughs> He's working. Now I hear it. 
He's efforting, okay? I didn't hear it before. No idea what he was saying, frankly. But now that you've told me. Um, I just want to uh I want to point something out really quickly here. Speaking of speaking of Vic Fangio and translator bot. Um So if you recall December 12th, December 12th of 2021. That that day, Andy, your your Broncos smacked around the Detroit Lions 38 to 10. Okay. It, okay. 38 to 10. Vic Fangio's first year, right? Uh this would have been Vic Fangio's final year. All right. As the head coach of the Broncos right. 2021. Stay with me, okay? I'm trying. Yes. Mhm. 38 to 10. Uh Teddy Bridgewater threw for a buck 79 and a couple of tutties that day and the uh and and the Broncos looked good. They they Took advantage of a a Jared Goff start for the Lions to to beat up on those guys and beat them pretty good. All right. Um, since that day, yes, that very fateful day, the following week, the Broncos played the Bengals. Okay. Do you remember what happened in that game? Yes. Yes. Uh, Teddy got hurt. Mm-hmm. Game was still there to be had. Yep. Drew decided he would go Lamar Jackson on a fool, lost the ball, Bengals returner for a TD, Broncos wouldn't have hoped the rest of the season. 15 to 10, they lose that game. Uh, They would go on to lose to the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, all in division to finish out that season, those three games uh, with Drew Locke starting at quarterback. Then the 2022 season happens. Do you remember that? Do you remember those good times? Fans counting down God, the was play that clock. Last year? It sure was. <laughs> the old Nate Hackett year of our oh, life. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that bring... was the first home game we got the countdown clock, right? Sure For was. Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett. Um, that was the Houston game, yes. Yeah. They bring in Russell Wilson, uh, 28th rated quarterback in all of football. Good times are supposed to be had. Give up a whole bunch of stuff. Doesn't really work out. Hackett gets canned with two games to go. Coach, coach walks through the door. I, I guess things were mildly better, but not really. And the Broncos, uh, they go 5-12. and 5-12. and 12 Yeah. And uh, have what would have been the fifth overall pick in the draft, only that belonged to this year. Look, Seattle they were threatening Seahawks. to have something higher sure did. there for a while. Sure so, did. you know, mm-hmm. could have been worse. Um, you can believe it. Um, uh, this year, they've started 0-2. with home losses to the Raiders and the Manders. Not exactly anybody's division championship picks. Right. Out of their respective division. So, so okay the the 2021 broncos they were seven and six they were in the hunt baby they were right there with old old vic fangio and his gray crew neck and his honey in the bay and all that <laughs> vic fangio had that team kind of cooking and the broncos sure? since that fateful day are five and 18 they are <sighs> five and 18 since Teddy Bridgewater's last healthy start as the quarterback of the Broncos. Since the fumble. Yes. Since Drew Locke coughed that ball up, they have been 5-18, and 18, which has had me thinking at various points, would the Broncos be better off today? You know how politicians always say, you're better off than you were four years ago? Sure. Um, I like to would, spout that. Would the Broncos be better off today? If they had just kept Vic Fangio. 
Well, okay. Um, listen. Mm-hmm. In theory, yes. In theory. In theory. Because that's here, all we have to go off but, of well, is theory. But, but here's the problem. Mm-hmm. You and I, you know, I think it was pretty widely known. They weren't, the Broncos weren't looking to fire Vic Fangio, if you remember. They wanted him to get rid of his offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. Yes. And by reports, he was not willing to do that. So I don't think they would have been better with Vic Fangio with that offensive staff. No. Again, the 2021 Broncos were seven okay. and six. Seven and six. Yeah. That that feels unattainable right now. Give me, give me the so they played the Bengals. What were the last opponents? Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. Man, Fangio always. They almost won that Chief game, didn't they? Um, that was, was like yet another year. It was they were out of it, so we were like, just get a better draft. They pick. they covered that day. That was that not that was that was the day that I think Frank Clark of all people jumped into the backfield and blew up Melvin Gordon. Our guy Melvin Gordon coughed up the ball. He coughed up the ball and yeah, that what? was a. That was the end of the hopes of beating the Chiefs. Went the other way, yes. That was a Nick Bolton 86-yard fumble return. Uh, took a 21-20 to game to 28-20 to because Mahomes got the two-point conversion, and that was it for the Broncos that day. Then they go 5-12 and with Haxey, and 0-2 uh, so far with Sean Payton in the door. 5-18 and since that day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, not, not ideal. Now, maybe there's still a planet where they make the Russell Wilson trade and, okay. and give up all of those valuable chips to be able to do that. But if, if they stay the course and look, I don't know what they would have done at quarterback. I, I couldn't tell you in my crystal ball what the move next would have been beyond the Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke season. And yes, that's an awfully big part of it. But I'm telling you, the 2021 Broncos weren't that bad. Um, Which is, again, sadly, how we measure success these days. Yeah. What? So what What were you dealing with with Corlin? Corlin was out because he'd been injured, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was already out of the picture. Yep. Right? Yes. What year did he hurt his knee? 2020? Um, yes. Man. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, the three leading receivers on that team. Albert O, if you want to uh, go all the way to number five on that team. The 2021 Broncos, again, I'm not making an argument that they were a contender, but they were seven and six in there, and they were, there was signs that an organization was going in a direction, and we thought oh, okay, you're going to get an offensive head coach, in this, a more dynamic offensive head coach inside this building. You are going to go and, oh, look at that. Hey, Russell Wilson, he's been to a bunch of Pro Bowls. Okay, this thing is, this thing is, Russ is going to cook. Oh, we're going to kick some butt. We're going to, we're going to win the division. Look out for the Broncos. Remember the old, the AFC West is the most stacked division in football? Yeah, that's conversation. What they thought last summer. Um, from two from summers a year ago. ago. I mean, I mean, you say they, we thought that, okay? Like, we had that conversation plenty of times here on that show, and it turned out to be complete and total garbage. Um, they hired a bad staff. They made a bad trade. They went completely in the wrong direction. And at least so far, and look, there are things with the Sean Payton team to look better so far, but... It's not producing any tangible results. They're they're zero and two. 
and they lost at home to the Raiders and the Manders. They're 5-18 and 18 since Teddy Bridgewater, who was the quarterback that that staff wanted. That, that was the dude. They went and got him. They said, we don't trust Drew. Teddy outdueled Drew Locke in a quarterback competition. He wins the starting job. There was nothing special about that offense. They won games. They did win games. Yeah, and everybody hated it. Vic um, Fangio's a pro football heavyweight. No matter what way you cut it, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't hold a jock to that guy. Fair enough, but again. 5-18, and 18, Andy. Yeah, I get it. What are Seven you saying? Are you saying that you wish they hadn't have done that? What I'm saying right now. We were all ready for the Vic Fangio experience to end, though, at that time. What, that's fine. What I'm saying is we were wrong. Well, you were part of it. And without a doubt. And the Denver Broncos would be in a better place today if they had never fired Vic Fangio. Who's the OC? That's who I need to know. That Some, staff could not stay intact. Seven and six? Was Pat Shermer all that bad? Yes, he wouldn't run the football. I feel like you're forgetting things. Seven and six. I feel like you're forgetting things. Seven and six to five and 18. You're- I'd trade it. I'd take it. Oh, did you watch last year? Yeah, I, I watched know you last did. year. I know I, you I did. I suffered more than anybody. <laughs> I know I you did. I did extra hours of programming that you didn't have in, even to be, have to be a part of. So, yeah, I watched last year. This franchise would be better off today if Dude, Vic Fangio had never been shown then, the door. Well, we're going to do this. We might as well do the full butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Does Russ end up here? Um, I don't know. I, I believe that George Payton would have pushed hard to make it happen okay, but, regardless. But doesn't Payton tell Vic, watch the tape? Mm-hmm. Does Vic somehow pick up on something that Carroll knew, a defensive guy himself? Maybe. Also, don't forget, when did Russ do all of his winning in his football life? Under when he a had defensive coach. Defensive-minded, I'm not going to let you kill me. You've got a unique skill set and all know how to use it, Pete Carroll. But remember, mm-hmm. look, uh, remember, our guy Shermer was king of the three wide, okay? Yeah. King of the three wide. Yeah. Like a modern NFL offense. Which is exactly, yeah, but that's what got Russ killed last year. They didn't have the personnel for it, but I, it was a modern NFL see, offense. Russ got sacked seven times last week. It's not looking any better No, yet. I'm with you, but look, it's, uh, well, because again, we just are in the perpetual hell of, we could talk coaches and quarterbacks, we are in the perpetual hell of never having a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. I would even, I, I would say you got to go back to maybe 2013 to find a good offensive line. Oh, it's when when you see that. That's right, 2013. When you see what Seattle has done with their own offensive line, given, you know, the picks that they had available to themselves, you can see a way out of this. But the Broncos have taken wrong turn after wrong turn. Okay, I have a stat at some point I'm going to slip in that maybe will give Broncos country hope. You like that? Hey, I'm all for hope. Broncos Nation? I don't know if it'll help you. <laughs> but it's a stat. I'm all for hope. So I'll at least be speaking your language. <laughs> give me hope, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Just a little bit. In the meantime... Why did that bother you? I wish... <laughs> you showed some insecurity, Crackman? <laughs> My technique is sound. <laughs> Motion to the ocean, Nate. Go I ahead. know how to do it, all right? Go to break. Good for you, bud. <laughs> um, I miss Vic Fangio. That's all. That's the point of this. Never thought I'd hear you say that. I love Vic Fangio. A lot of weird stuff's going on on this show and our history together. I would take Vic Fangio any day right now. I might now. top it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Rose, Dolphins color analyst. He gets to hang out. 
with Vic Fangio. We'll be jealous of him next. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Kreckman and Lindahl. Well, I've gone gone against Coach Fangio many times. Obviously, um, you know, early on in Seattle, you know, when he was at the defense coordinator 49ers, um, you know, the Bears, just different places that he's been. Um, he's a tremendous, um, you know, defensive coordinator. He knows how to coach the guys up. He's he's one of those, you know, um, you know, coaches that are all time greats. To be honest with you, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball and how he coaches. And um, so, you know, for us, we're going to have to be playing really clean football, really good. You know, he's going to um, do a lot of different things. He's going to have, you know, different players, you know, he's going to have Chubb dropping out sometimes. He's going to have him rushing off from all over the place. He's going to have different guys moving around. But um, you know, just understanding, you know, where guys are and what they're trying to do on defense and playing a clean game. Yes, a clean game. Cut down on the turnovers. Cut down on the sacks. And maybe the Broncos will have a chance to hang when they go into Miami on Sunday. Kickoff 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Joining us right now to talk about those Miami Dolphins is former Dolphins tight end, now host of the Joe Rose Show on 560 a.m. there in Miami. He is also the radio color analyst for Miami Dolphins football. He is Joe Rose. Hello, Joe. How are you, sir? Nate, Andy, how you guys doing? Okay. Uh, we're doing very well. Let's talk about these Dolphins. Let's start off with uh, the major injury question, um, or I guess two major injury questions, really, is um, offensively, how is Jalen Waddle? Defensively, how is Jalen Phillips? The Jalens. Yeah, the uh, the high picks that uh, have been pretty good. So, so Jalen Phillips, I, I feel like, I hate playing doctor, but uh, I think he'll be back. Jalen Phillips uh, should be back. I think he saw Bradley Chubb have the best game in a Dolphin uniform last week, and uh, maybe that gets him. He was pretty close even uh, on on Sunday. Um, Jalen Waddle with the concussion thing, especially around this team and what we just went through. Um, Boy, I'm not sure about that one. That's that's going to be interesting. I know he didn't practice on offensive day, which, again, I know these guys don't practice that much. And, hey, if you get the green light late in the week, you could play. But um, they sound like they're okay going with the other guys as long as Tyree Kill is, uh, is still the main guy out there. Joe, how much are you enjoying the Mike McDaniel experience and how much are you enjoying Vic Fangio? Vic was always a great football coach here, had a little reputation for being grumpy, but could be very funny from the podium. (laughs) And you're laughing, so maybe you've had a taste of that. But how have you enjoyed the two guys that have connections to this city? Uh, Yeah, Vic's uh, Vic's got his moment. So uh, you kind of say hello and then kind of throw it back and see how he's feeling for me. Uh, He's all business. I would agree with that. And then uh, the exact opposite is the head coach, uh, Mike McDaniel. And uh, he, he's about relating to players, communication, uh, just real positive. Like I play for Don Shula. He is the exact opposite uh, of just uh, of just patting guys on the back when they make a mistake, patting them on the back and let's get it fixed. And, and, uh, and the guys seem to relate to it. I know. We've had probably 10 guys last year and a few this year that have said, man, I really appreciate that I screwed up a play and I didn't have to go in and get ripped for, you know, for the play. And, and he told me I, he knew I could do better and let's just clean it up. It was just refreshing. So it's, uh, it's kind of the new way the NFL that's with some of these young guys. I think we're going to see more of it, but 
Mike's a different guy. He he definitely it, it it's taken a while to to get used to his sense of humor and and some of the things that he does for sure. Joe, speak to you know the, all of that encouragement that he gives and that positivity and what that's done for for Tua who, you know, is at the moment, I mean, he's the betting favorite to be the MVP. He's looked like the best quarterback in the NFL so far to start off this season. We weren't sure it was going to go this direction, and I'm sure plenty down there in Miami even had their doubts about it. Um, So how has Mike McDaniel helped Tua get to this place? Well, I'll tell you what, you you hit, uh, I literally started my show this morning talking about that topic, hey, I'm with you, and, and I've lived it since draft day and the hip coming back and all the injuries, and um, I wasn't sure, and I think most fans, even the ones that liked him, weren't really sure we are going to get to the point of where he's, uh, how he's playing right now. We'd all be lying. Some might have, you know, were hoping because he's a likable guy, but I, his confidence now, his understanding of the offense, uh, he's a leader of the team. The guys love playing with him, got his back on everything. He's got an offensive line. Now, now listen, part of his success is offensive line's given up one sack. Uh, he's been knocked down the least amount or second least amount of times in the NFL to start the season. Uh, he's only had a couple of pressures. He gets rid of the ball quickly, and when they do go down the field, the pocket's been clean, and he's got, as he said today, um, he's got two speed receivers that can get down the field quickly. He doesn't need a lot of time. I, I need a, one of the guys on the outside. I think you put that together with somebody that believes in you since you got the job. Hey, I just felt like his confidence was shot. He admitted uh, his confidence was shot. He admitted he was playing early in his career, had no idea what was going on had no shot, got pulled out of some games, had to hear about trade rumors. I mean, he's been through it all to where he is right now, where his confidence is sky high with everything that Mike has him do and throw. And uh, I think he got for a while, he didn't have a lot of trust in anybody in this organization. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't have either from the top down. And, uh, and this guy, Mike McDaniel, has – he said one day in practice, he had a bad practice in camp. And I got to tell you this story real quickly. And it was, it was a bad practice. It was picks and throwing over the top of guys. And uh, so Tua comes out the next day and goes, oh, my God. Mike made it sound like he had the greatest practice of my life, man, when I'm meeting with him. It was terrible. And I had Mike, Mike, it, Mike, I had a bad practice. He goes, no, you did some good things. Look at your footwork. And you went to the right guy. So he's even admitted, and it, it's really started to pay off. It's one of the greatest rehabilitation jobs by a head coach slash guy that calls his plays I've ever seen on what he's done for Tua Tungavailoa's career so far. Joe, your offense is a lot of fun to watch, but I guess, and look, only time will tell. Maybe not a fair question to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway because you do radio. You get it. My concern about Tua is not so much the ability. It's not the mind. It's yep. can he hold up? I mean, you've played this game. It's a big boy game. He's not a big boy. Do you think that uh, the changes they've made will will stick and he'll be able to make it through the year better? Well, it's a great question because everybody's going to make adjustments. Um, we're going to miss some blitzes. We're, we're going to have guys get beat one-on-one. It's going to happen. He's not going to see things. He's going to get knocked down. We'd be crazy to think that he's going to get sacked once every two games. 
That's not going to happen. People are going to make adjustments. And I say this all the time. He's got an amazing following. He's got to be one of the most popular Dolphin players of all time, right? Like, seriously, it's incredible. The amount, people nationally say something about him, and the next thing you know, they are getting Tua attacked mm. and, uh, uh, by stuff. Tua non? But, That's uh, a real thing, right? Yeah, that thing was. The guy passed away, actually, uh, that, that led it. With, uh, but that thing was strong, and it was around the country. But but I got to tell you, it's still a question. Like it's been a great two games, but I, I got to see it to believe it. I, I got to see him get through a season, and he knows it, and everybody else knows it. You know the jujitsu and judo and how to fall and builds your neck up and all that stuff. That's uh, that's been a big part of uh, of what he's done. But we still got to find out, right? We got to find out when he hits the back of his head. When he gets tackled and his head goes down to see how he's going to do. I, I don't know, and neither does the team. So far, two for two, 15 to go. Talking to Joe Rose here, host of the Joe Rose Show, 560 WQAM there in Miami, also the radio color analyst for Dolphins football. Our old buddy Bradley Chubb, you mentioned it before, best game in a Dolphins uniform that he had last week. Uh, there's been a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, a lot of doubts so far on, on Bradley and that acquisition and what they gave up to be able to bring him in. Uh, was that perhaps the turning of a corner last week? Do you think that that is now what Chubb is? in a Dolphins uniform? Well, I can tell you when they, they got Vic Fangio, nobody was happier. I, I do know that. And he spread the word to the rest of those guys about things that Vic Fangio does defensively to get the Andrew Van Ginkles and and the Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealers and Jalen Phillips really excited about potentially what was coming. I think they've got seven sacks uh, already this season. But uh, Bradley Chubb, listen, he he didn't come close to the game we saw. We didn't see it after we traded for him last year. And we gave up a number one, and, and they didn't just give up a number one. They they made him – gave him a lot of money at uh, at defensive end for a five-year contract. So I, I think there was a little concern, but he does look faster. I don't know if he was banged up when he left, you know, uh, but, but he has played better. He's coming off by far his best game against the Patriots. But you know what comes when you're a first-round pick and they trade you, trade for you, and give you a lot of money, uh, higher expectations. But but it's been pretty good. Uh, didn't have a great game in week one, but really bounced back last week when Jalen Phillips couldn't play and uh, had himself a nice game along with Andrew Van Ginkle. Joe, what's the buzz around this Broncos team coming down? Obviously, they're 0-2. We're used to a lot of defense around here, led by Vic Fangio, and not a lot of offense. They sort of flipped the script at least for a half last week. I mean, again, is this – you guys have got to probably be putting this one in the win column a little bit, don't you? What are, you, what are your thoughts on this Broncos team? Well, I, that's why I mentioned that too the last couple of days. I go, listen, this Denver team's not getting blown out. It's 17-16, 35-33. Calm down a little bit here uh, on, this, on this team. They've got some good players on both sides of the football – and, uh, yeah, I'm afraid everybody's already shooting up the Buffalo. Well, not everybody, but a lot of our fan base is already for the Buffalo game the following week up in Buffalo. Where the Dolphins, obviously, are off to a 2-0 start on the road. But, no, you start – I think we've all seen it. You start overlooking anybody in this league. And, and you guys lose two tight games. We win two tight games. Uh, New England's got a chance to tie the game at midfield on the last drive. 
and we miss an extra point against the Chargers, and Justin Herbert's got a couple of minutes left to drive for a field goal to win the game. Now, our defense got stops in both occasions, but that's not exactly any reason for everybody to be jumping up and down and put us number one on the power ranking. You start thinking that way, and this team should know. They were 8-3 and three a year ago and went to the West Coast, and the next thing you know, we were 8-8 eight and eight and uh, trying to figure out how we could get into the playoffs. So I hope and I would think that they've learned from that and matured enough from that to, uh, to not take Russell Wilson and this team lightly, even though – you know, the Sean Payton, it's great for talk. Sean Payton uh, and Russell Wilson lost his extra locker and doesn't have his office and his personal coach is gone and and uh, all that stuff. And half the team shows up to the birthday party, you know, and it makes for a great conversation on the radio. But, well, I'll tell you what, um, that guy you hired as head coach, he knows what he's doing. Joe Rose is our guest here, Dolphins radio color analyst. Joe, uh, one thing I have to ask you about here: you, yeah, you're you're a part of of NFL history, man. You you played for the Dolphins from 1980 to 1985, meaning you were on the 1985 Dolphins, meaning you were there Monday night, December second, 1985. The only team to defeat the 1985 Chicago Bears was the Dan Marino led Dolphins against arguably the greatest defense of all time. How did you guys do it that night? That night was uh, one of the greatest, by the way, by far, when I, as long as I've been a Dolphin, that was the best offensive game plan I've ever seen. They were dominant, except they had cover corners and a nickel back in Wilbur Marshall who could not cover. And the defensive backs were all zone guys, and we were, our team was like it is right now, dominated by Clayton and Duper and Nat Moore in the slot. Everybody else basically stayed in and blocked, and uh, Dan Marino got it to his guys before that blitz. They had some ridiculous amount of, blitz, of, uh, of sacks that season and knocking quarterbacks out for the year and uh, chewed them up that way, jumped way out in front of them. And uh, we, we always, uh, Buddy Ryan and, and Mike Ditka are over there screaming at each other at halftime as we're going in. Some of the guys stayed to listen to it. And Ditka's <laughs> screaming, I want that nickel back. I want that nickel linebacker frigging out. Put another defensive back in, damn it. They're going to score 80 on us. You're going to do what I said. I'm the head coach. And he goes, screw you. I run the defense. It's not going to happen. And they got the police, Dade County police around them. And Clayton, they're, they're screaming, shoes is screaming for Clayton to come in. We're putting our second half in. He goes, Coach, there's something going on out here. It's unbelievable between the defensive coordinator and the head coach. So the story is one of the great stories. And and the players are like, they, they're ready to go at it at halftime. And the Dade County police literally had to get between them because it was so bad. It's just an unbelievable story. So we jumped way out in front and were able to hang on and, and win that game. And, and all the undefeated guys were there. It's really the first time I'd met a lot of the undefeated guys. They all came back. And there's Zonk and Kick and Mercury and Bob Greasy all standing next to each other with all these guys. You're going, holy smokes, man. That is really cool. Like, this thing really means something. And, of, of course, the old Orange Bowl was, was rocking and rolling. So I had to get that part about because the story at halftime, to me, 
guys were looking out the locker to see what was going on, and police were sprinting to the other side. It was hilarious. You know, those two were about ready to go at it. Hey, Joe, real quick, how long have you been the color analyst? Quite a while? Do you go back to the Tebow game? Okay, you do then. So I, I, uh, I caught that Tebow thing. Oh. I, I was there. Yeah. I was with I was with the radio crew for the Broncos that day, and I always tell the story of standing with Daniel Fells on your logo, getting ready to do the the post game interview, you know, on the field. And Daniel looks at me and just goes, "Andy, how the bleep did we win that game?" And I said, "I don't know, but you better come up with an answer because I'm about to ask you about it." What from the other side? I mean, Joe, offensive lineman. You know how it is on the sidelines. They were screaming at Tebow to get rid of the ball. Like all the leadership stuff and all that stuff you hear about, I knew about two offensive linemen that absolutely wanted to kill him by halftime yeah, for, for all bad. the holding calls and all that stuff. Can you explain how that game turned that day? Are you ready to hear the other side of that? Yes. Because not only do I do the games, I'm on the, the sideline, or I'm doing my own show. We decided to have, uh, to fill up the stadium, we were having Gator Tim Tebow. I don't know if you remember yes. that. We have Florida Gator Tim Tebow <laughs> and his, his coach, Urban Myers, on the sideline. And so we, we basically, you know, so people are pissed about that. I mean, that, that just had, and then all of a sudden, he pulls off those plays at the end of the game, and we somehow end up losing to what was on its way to being one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen, only to win the frigging game on that Tebow, that Tebow magic, and you guys know the background of it, the power of Tebow. But, uh, yeah, we, we were in the middle of it, and people were mad. They did Gator Gator Day or Gator Night, you know, in honor of Tebow coming back. And sure enough, Tebow ends up, winning that game on that crazy play. It was, uh, yeah, that was a crazy one. Yeah, people were mad. <laughs> Stop the stinking promotions for other guys coming in frigging town. He didn't grow up here in South Florida. But uh, he is popular up there, man, in Gator country, up in Gainesville for sure. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, that was uh, that was a hell of a day, boy, for sure. Tebow to Fells with 17 seconds Dude, left in regulation. Yeah. Joe, I don't know if you remember. I was on the Broncos sideline. We threw it to, like, he threw a wobbler, Joe. You you were a tight end. You caught balls for a living. How Demarius Thomas stabbed the ball in the mid, at the corner of the end zone to even tie that thing up, I'll never know. It was the ugliest pass I'd ever seen, Joe. You know, he, uh, I, I'm telling you, we literally all went out to watch. I go, I. I never saw him throw live in college. Oh, I did. I saw him one game in college. I wanted to see what it looked like because, you know, all the talks about Tebow and the first-round pick, and some people were surprised. And, well, he can run. He's a physical guy and stuff. I wanted to go down and see it, you know. I, you know, he's got great leadership and all that stuff. But at some point, you guys have had some pretty damn good quarterbacks there. You know you know what the, the best look like in, in watching Elway. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That throw, I mean, that that's as good an arm as there's ever been in the league. And I'm going, oh, my God, we we got to win this game. I mean, this got to be our game. And uh, sure enough, sure. Hey, he won a playoff game. I know. Guy, yep. The guy won a playoff game. We were there. Too, so. Because Dick LeBeau and, uh, refused to play zone, Joe. He refused <laughs> oh. to play zone. I'm sorry. We got to let you go, Joe. This is all my fault. 
One day, Joe, one day, if I get down to Miami again, we're going to have a drink and talk about that night. Hey, we can have a hell of a history lesson between the, between the two teams. We are connected forever. All right. Thank Joe. you, guys. I really enjoyed it, man. Thank you. All right, Joe Rose. He is the radio color analyst for Dolphins football, host of the Joe Rose Show there in Miami, former Dolphins and Rams tight end. I'm sorry, Nate. I screwed you up like three times. It was good. I couldn't help it, though. I always wondered what the Miami people thought. See, you had the great question about the Bears, and then you got my head running about history. That's what everybody thought that year. I know. I know. I know. Are you serious? I know. I know. Really? You can hear it in his, you know... You can hear it in his voice. I don't know how to explain. That's how we were on the other side. I don't know how to explain this, but it's a lot of fun. I take a little of that right now. It was I fun. take a whole bunch of stuff I couldn't explain right now. It was fun. Didn't it, that, the Tebow thing pulled us out of a state that we are currently in, did it not? The Remember t- the Tebow season saved Bronco Mania. It was dead. You're right. It, it was it, Josh McDaniels and Kyle Orton. And the you know the last few years of Cutler and everything else like that, the 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 end of the 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 bowling basically of Pat's actual ownership tenure right around there, apathy reigned, man. It was everywhere. People did not want to be Bronco fans. No, I, I think oh, this is tough to say, but I'm just gonna say it. Was Kyle Orton a more hated quarterback than Russ might be amongst some fans right now? Kyle Orton, I don't think Kyle Orton had a lot of fans here in town, period. No. Fair? No. Russ still has supporters. Kyle had none left by that point. No, no. There, There's – Kyle, the problem, too, is that they traded Jay, who people thought had a shot, for Kyle Orton. They hated McDaniels so much. Orton was McDaniels. I guess Matt Castle was really his handpicked quarterback, but Orton became that guy. And also, like, Kyle didn't he, – he didn't want to participate. No. He, he wasn't interested. No. Okay? He didn't He didn't care if you liked him. He didn't want you to like him, and that was just off-putting for everybody. And then Tim walks through the door, and we, we, know, what, we know what the fever for Tim Tebow was like, and we know why a lot of people really, really liked that guy. It wasn't because he was a good quarterback. Well, part it was two main – there were two main sects. There was the religious sect, and there were the Florida nuts. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. But it got – look, it's kind of like what the Dion thing's doing now. It got all eyes on this Bronco team that sure pretty did. much the league and the nation had forgotten about. You couldn't explain it. I can at least explain some of the Dion thing. Yeah, I can't really explain he's an the icon. thing. Yeah. Well, but Tim, look, no matter what other, he was as other a Other than John Fox, and it's a staff award, really. John Fox, the fact that he was not the NFL coach of the year that year is a crime. No, I'm with it's you. It's an absolute crime. <laughs> well, you know, you're right about the staff. Basically, Mike McCoy and John Fox got together and concocted something that he could run. Yep. The stories I can tell you I've heard about the play calling that they're able to do that I can't. One day, maybe I will when all the people that have told me are gone. It's a high school offense. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. But I'm I'm just telling you, man, like Dion was an icon. And in college football circles, so was Tebow. Mm-hmm. And that's why this all got going. It's Craigman and Lindahl. It's Altitude Sports Radio. Text Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Jump on the Sean Mosden text line. 303-504-0925. Sean Mazda. One price, one person, one hour. Hey.
Hey, we got two four packs of tickets to the Anderson Farms Fall Festival this Saturday from noon to two. They got a fall festival there at Anderson Farms. I love and a fall festival. We have got a four pack of tickets to give away. In fact, we have two of them. You can enjoy a wagon ride to the pumpkin patch, a barrel train. I love a barrel train, 25 acre corn maze and more right there at Anderson Farms. We'll give those away coming up here at the top of the hour. If I got us a couple of PSLs, would you go? <laughs> It gets buy one, get one free at Starbucks today. I think I saw the email. I'm going to wear a sweater. <laughs> some boots. Some athleisure wear. A Get hat. myself a pumpkin spice yeah. latte. Some kind of hat. Yeah. yeah. Get myself a $3,500 stroller. <laughs> Take my kids around Wash Park. Sounds What's delightful. What's this stroller do? <laughs> Nothing fancy, but it was $3,500. All right. Good for you. All right. Um, you brought up, you know, look, we're short on time because I couldn't quit talking with Joe. He was awesome. I wish we were just in a bar with Joe, man. Joe was that was great. fun. I wish we were on a beach with Joe just listening to his stories because then we'd, you know, be in Miami. Friend of the program. Yeah. Um, greatest seasons ever. You put out there the Bears season. Yeah, Joe Rose was on the 85 Dolphins, the only team to beat on the a 85 Monday Bears. night football game. Monday night football. That, by the way, that Ditka and Buddy Ryan story is classic. Oh, that's so good. Remember when Buddy Ryan tried to, who was it, Kevin Stefan? Kevin, no, he was the offensive coordinator in Houston, and Buddy tried to punch him, like literally on the sideline. Kevin something. Jack Kevin Par- Freeland? Yeah, Jack Party was the coach. But Buddy was all big mad with the old Kevin man. Gilbride. Yes, he had a big mm-hmm. red face, and he went over there and gave an old man punch to Gilbride. It was so hilarious. Buddy Ryan hated Mike Ditka so much. Hated, hated Mike Ditka so much to find out that those two were at each other's throats on the sideline, and the only game <laughs> that they lost is not the least bit shocking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't forget when that season ended, Buddy Ryan yeah. was like, I'm getting he, the hell he, out of here. Did he go become head coach of Philly? Of uh, the Eagles after yeah. that, yes. There you go. Had mm-hmm. pretty good defenses there. Yeah. Do you know how much it grinded Ditka's gears that after they won the Super Bowl against New England, Buddy Ryan got lifted up and carried off on did the shoulders it. of the players just like Ditka did? Mm-hmm. See, I remember, didn't Ditka say his greatest regret was giving the – the handoff to Perry instead of Peyton so Perry could score. Yes. And Walter Payton never got a Super Bowl touchdown. Didn't get a touchdown in the Super greatness. Bowl. Mm-hmm. That is pretty messed up. Yeah. Mike Ditka was a terrible football coach. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of learned that in later years. Yeah. He was awful. So mm-hmm. what are the other great seasons? Like, it was the Avs run a couple years ago. Was that up there with the Bears? Because, again, one loss, I would say the Bears, to me, the 85 Bears were more impressive than the 72 Dolphins. There were just more games. Longer season, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess the Patriots didn't have to be up there too, but like the AF season a couple years ago that, that brought us our latest cup, that's up there with that, is it not? 16-4 and four run Dude, you dominated the playoffs. in the playoffs. It's, it, it is sort of along those lines, yeah. Um, the the 85 Bears did not give up a point in the NFC playoffs. That's pretty, well, they that's shut beyond out, impressive. Shut out the Giants. <laughs> Holy cow. Shut out the Rams. Won those games by a combined 45 to nothing. And then they beat New England 46-10 to 10 in the Super Bowl. Would the Nuggets last season be up there at all? I mean, it is for me. 
Well, yeah, we all love it around here. Sure. But, I mean, again, they, what, what were they, 16-5? and five? In the postseason. Didn't they almost had the exact record. They lost one to Miami. They lost. They swept the Lakers. Yep, swept the Lakers. Two to Phoenix. Two to Phoenix. Did they mm-hmm. sweep Minnesota? Uh, no, they lost one. Remember, one, Anthony Edwards so okay. went off in game four, and they missed the sweep. So they yeah, lost. they went 16 and four, 16 too. and four on their way to winning the NBA championship. They were championship. the number one seed in the West. They mm-hmm. could have had a more impressive record, but rested people down the stretch. I mean, that that's just it. And, and anybody that dogs that team for being a 53-win team, had they had anyone chasing them, they're a 60-plus win team easily. That Remember, they, they took the month of March off was just how dominant that team was. The, so, ni- the 98 Vikings could be in this conversation. You know how bad I wanted to see the 98 Vikings take on the eventual back-to-back Broncos? You had rookie Randy Moss with Randall Cunningham and Chris Carter as receivers that would have gone against John Elway, Shannon Sharp, and Terrell Davis. The, that would have um, been a much more fun game. The seven, 2017 Golden State Warriors were 16-1 and one in the playoffs. <gasps> All right, that's 16- tough to argue. And one that was, I believe that was the first Steph and KD well, team. That was the year after they won 73. What was Chicago's record? Their record setting year in the playoffs. Um, they were 72 and 10 in the regular season. You're talking about the 95, 96 bulls, the playoff record. It, it wasn't as good, like as dominant that season. I want to say, uh, George Carl Sonic's team got a couple from them okay. in the finals, and I think the Knicks got a couple from them um, on their way. I, look, you, you can't dog anything that that team did. They won 72 games and then won the NBA championship. They were incredible. It, yeah, look, in the, in the league, I don't know if they were – there wasn't as much parity, mm-hmm. but you got to remember in the 90s, there are a lot of really good basketball teams. Oh, yeah. there. If it weren't for the Bulls, you might have been trading trophies around amongst a lot of friends. The Rockets would like to say hello, right? Mm-hmm. The Knicks, the mm-hmm. Knicks hate, the Knicks got to hate the Bulls. Uh, 98 Yankees, the 1998 the Yankees. New York Yankees. Uh, they went 11 and two in the playoffs after winning 114 games in the regular season. Yeah. They One, were. 114 and 48 and then only two losses on their way to winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. That that team was absolutely friggin' loaded. Yeah, that was that was a good club. That was what was it? They won the World Series four times in five years. I want to say. Yeah, they were dominant. Pretty good run. They were dominant. Pretty and good then run. The right Sox there. came along and broke all their misery, right? Um, eventually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was, there's Oh, Oh three in which the Yanks got him. And then Oh four, uh, the Red Sox finally got their revenge on that team. Came, da- came back from down Oh three. Didn't they? Um, in the yeah. ALCS down three Oh in the ALCS. Yeah. Dave Roberts, the stolen base, David Ortiz, uh, single greatest seven game series that we've ever seen in our life. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know what seven game series in sports could ever match what that was. Mm-hmm. One of those games we were driving to do a high school game. Mm-hmm. I love you all, by the way, out there who I'm telling the story about. My buddy Corey Lopez was calling the game and he was dating a, a young lady named Nikki. Okay. They are ultimately are now married and Nikki's highly successful as a PR lady. Give well, her a look up. That's nice. She was a soft talker. And much like the Seinfeld episode, 
Couldn't hear a word. I couldn't hear it. I didn't know what she was saying from the back seat. You know me. I'm half deaf. I'm a radio guy. And yeah, my guy, Corey, knew everything she was saying. Like, she would say things. And after a point, you know, we were driving to the Springs. And I didn't want to keep going, what, what, what? So I tried to fake it. He knew everything she was saying. We had the radio on. We were listening to one of those games. I think it was Yankee Sox or whatever. And she kept saying stuff, and I just, I was like, I can't, I don't know what you're saying. I can't hear. And every time, Corey was like, yeah, just like Kramer. Yeah, you know, she's excited for this game tonight. Did you agree to wear a puffy shirt? I think I did at one point. (laughs) (laughs) It's Crackman and Lindahl. Um, We've got got some unbelievable stats. Andy's got an unbelievable Well, they're hopeful. Unbelievable is overselling it. I've got, I I have another. And yours are unbelievable. I have have an unbelievable. Well, it's not completely (laughs) unbelievable. Like, you'll believe it when I tell you This is like yesterday. Hey, come back for just some run-in-the-mill stats. They're notable stats, (laughs) but presented as only we can do it. That's coming up next.